Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, 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 and welcome back to today's podcast. We are talking all about kid food and really this kind of mindset shift or ideas around kid food, what we have in our head versus what is actually kid food. And we're going to dive on into that today. So, so many of us get really caught up in this idea of kid food. This is kid food. It's food that kids will like, right? Like it's really easy for us to identify on a platter of food, which foods our kids will likely eat, right? That's how it feels anyways. It's like, oh, of course kids like mac and cheese. Of course kids like uh, chicken nuggets, pizza, things of that nature. But it's interesting because when we actually kind of take a step back, when we already have these preformed beliefs, like before we even have kids, right? Like most of us, before we even had our own children, would have been able to identify kid food. Like, oh, that's food kids will eat. That's, oh, guaranteed, pick eater approved, they'll eat it, right? And what I'm gonna talk about here in today's podcast episode is actually that belief of this kid food is more accepted by kids actually led to probably us feeding them more kid food. And then what ends up happening is they see that kid food more often and then they are more familiar with that food. So then they start to eat that food. They start to like that food. And now voila, all of a sudden, all of our beliefs around kid food have come true. Right now we know, oh, see, I knew this. This is kid food. It's very easily accepted. But what if I told you that that belief that this kid food is more accepted or or easily accepted by kids is actually the very thing making that food more accepted by kids. I know this is like getting a little heady, but I want to use an example for you to maybe break this down a little more. So would you believe me if I told you that I have the hardest time getting my kids to eat chicken nuggets? I cannot get my kids to eat chicken nuggets. Isn't that incredible? Because you think about it and you're like, well, that's kid food. That's super easily well accepted food. My kids refuse to eat chicken nuggets. It is very hard. And my son, who's now seven, just recently, I would say well within the last year, started eating like chicken fingers from Chick-fil-A or something like that and and actually enjoying them and like eating them um, regular or not regularly. But whenever we have them, he'll actually eat them. Like we don't even go to Chick-fil-A anymore because with the kids, I go, but not with the kids because they won't really eat the chicken. So what's the point? I don't have to spend money on food. They're just like not going to eat, right? Especially going out to eat. So what's really interesting is I just never served chicken nuggets to my son. We really just never did. And not because I was making some sort of like gourmet fancy meal every night. I was still choosing easy, fast options. But chicken nuggets just kind of weren't on my radar. And I remember, I think it was 2020, so my son was four, and I went to Costco to co- to stock up on food. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get some of these like dino nuggets. Like I feel like those will be really nice to have on a busy night, and I can just throw them in the air fryer or the oven or something and have them on hand. And I remember getting them, bringing them home, and I was so excited. I was like, oh, easy dinner. I'm just going to do that tonight. And I threw them in the air fryer, and I tried to get my kids to eat them. And they were like, heck no, mom, what do you want us to do with these? Because they hadn't seen them before. And so that very idea of kid food being kid food is actually backwards. We believe it's kid food, therefore we serve it to our kids, especially early in their life. And then they get more familiar with that food, they start to like it and eat it. And then we know that it's kid food. 
Mama, I see you. You're tired of making different meals and crossing your fingers that tonight might be the night where they actually try those veggies. You're so tired of putting things on the plate just to watch them not get touched. Maybe you're even feeling stuck in a never-ending cycle of bribing, begging, bargaining to get your little one to eat. Maybe you feel like they wouldn't eat anything unless you count down their bites or even feed it to them. I bet you're even worried that they're just not getting enough and certainly not enough of the things that you know that they need. You're not sure that they're reaching their full potential living off pizza and goldfish crumbs. You're ready for a change or else you might just throw in the towel altogether. Maybe you're feeling like you're at your wit's end with picky eating and feeling like nothing will work. You need a plan to finally beat picky eating and get back to enjoying meals again. If this sounds anything like you, then this program was literally made for you. Table Talk is the picky eating program that works. It's the program that teaches you to be your own feeding expert because at the end of the day, you know your child best. And feeding kids shouldn't be this hard. Picky eating can take over your life feeling like every meal is worse than the last. It's time to reclaim your kitchen and actually start enjoying meals together. Table Talk is a targeted program that teaches you the strategies and methods that kick picky eating to the curb for good. Take it from Lola, who's a mom of a little one who she was ready just to throw in the towel altogether about picky eating, but then she took Table Talk, and at the end, she said, since taking Table Talk, my daughter's foods, likes, and loves is over 100. Can you imagine what it would be like for your little one to like or love over 100 foods? Throughout the Table Talk program, you'll learn how to get them to eat more variety and new foods, make sure that they're eating the right amount, and finally have peaceful meals again as a family. You'll learn how to stop pressuring them to eat and what to do to encourage them without pressuring. Plus, you will feel confident at the table knowing that everything you're doing is leading to raising a healthy, happy, and independent eater. All right, you can click the link in the description box below to enroll in Table Talk today. And when you do that, you will also get my Demystifying Desserts mini course completely for free. This course teaches you how to take desserts off the pedestal and put them back where they belong and end the obsession with sugar. All right, click the link in the description box below to get started today. And so if you're tracking with me, what that means is any food can be kid food any food, not just packaged food, not just fast food, not just quick food, not just throw in a pot, throw in a pan, throw in a, you know, oven, and it's all of a sudden done is kid food. Now, with that being said, I do recognize and I do see that kid food in general is typically easy to prepare because moms are freaking busy, dads are freaking busy, right? We're tired. We don't want to spend a ton of time, energy, money on ingredients or food that our kids don't even eat. Like that's very frustrating. And there are certain foods that pick eaters tend to um, kind of go towards, right? There are certain foods like crunchier foods, breaded foods, uh, things that are similar in texture every time they take a bite. It's the same, right? Like if I were to make homemade chicken nuggets versus the dino nuggets, they're different in texture because I don't have like a processing kitchen able to like completely take apart all of the chicken and then put it back together in like a perfectly formed patty and then equally spread the breadcrumbs like mine are going to be a little funky a little bit off a little bit different texture every bite with the kids and picky eaters in general don't like that they want to know that every time I take a bite it's going to taste the same it's going to feel the same in my mouth that's normal picky picky eating behavior that's what we typically see which again starts to go back to why kid food is so easily accepted 
And so I just want to be really clear here. I am not demonizing these foods that most of us would call kid food. What I am trying to point out here is that our idea of kid food is actually controlling some of our decisions around our kids. And oftentimes it's from a very reactive place that if our children are being picky, if they're not eating enough, if we feel like they're not getting enough protein or calcium or whatever that might be, we might resort to a kid food because we think, and we've been told that this food will be a guaranteed slam slam dunk. I almost said slam run. That's a problem. Home run, slam dunk, right? Like we are assuming that because these are labeled as kid food, marketed towards kids, that they'll eat it. And even though maybe it's not the quote unquote best option, at least it'll be something in their stomach. At least it'll be some protein, right? Which I'm fully on board with. I'm fully on board with foods that are easy and quick and support you in your life and also nourish our children. 100% on board with that. What is hard as a parent is to make those decisions because we know that the more often they see a food, the more often they're going to eat that food and the more often they're going to expect that food going forward. So if we continue to lean on some of these more convenience food, which again, there's nothing wrong with, but it's going to be kind of the self-fulfilling prophecy that our kids are going to be more willing to eat this food because they see it more often. And because they see it more often, then they're going to end up liking that food more and it's going to become more of their favorite. So that being said, what do we do, right? Like where are we at now and what do we do moving forward? Some of us are at the beginning of our feeding journeys. Some of us are in the middle of it. Some of us are in the thick of it and our little ones are super picky, right? So like, what do we do now? Well, we make a plan. We make a plan to decide what types of foods we're going to serve in our home without letting our picky eater like be the little voice on our shoulder, obsessing or stressing about what's going to be served because I know that feeling too. And we decide, okay, what kind of food are we going to serve in our home? What's of value to me? What's important to me? What foods do we like as a family? What foods do I like? What do I enjoy cooking? How much time do I have cooking? And that's where we're going to kind of make our decisions. And then those are the foods that we're going to start introducing over and over and over and over and over again. Now we can have different sides that are a little bit more supportive of our picky eaters, a little bit more, um, considerate of their likes and dislikes where they currently stand. Now those change all the time, but at the same time, we get to decide what comes into the home and what goes onto the table. And we want to start kind of wiping away that belief, that thought process that we typically have around what is kid food, because oftentimes that will even lead us down a route of, oh, I'm making this for dinner, pot roast, but my, I know my kid's not going to like it because it's not really kid food. So I'm going to serve them something different. Right. And now listen, there's a time and a place for that 100% for me and my husband. It's like certain takeout food that we're like, I don't want to spend the money on food that they're definitely not going to eat that I absolutely love or food that's like way too spicy. I'm not putting, not that I eat spicy foods because I absolutely do not, but I also know that's not a path I necessarily want to go down. Now, that being said, spicy foods is a flavor that we want to introduce our uh, kids to, but getting rid of that idea of kid food and adult food. There's just food. And the food that our kids see the most often is the food that they're most likely going to eat most often, which is going to lead to the type of foods that they like. Even recently, we just um, had dinner over at a friend's house and she made this amazing meal. I, gosh, I wish I knew the name of it offhand. Maybe I'll put it in the link description box if I can remember. Um, But it was so incredible. But it was very much like the protein was on the side, the vegetables were on the side, the starch or carbohydrate was on the side. Like it was like a three-part meal, essentially. And my son came home and made the realization that I don't cook like that. He's like, our food is always all mixed together. And that's because I knew as a dietitian, I wanted my kids to eat mixed foods. I didn't want them to always be 
separate. And so now my kids are more comfortable with mixed foods than they are with separated foods, which again can kind of be the exact opposite of most big eaters, not in all cases. But this just leads me back to what our kids are familiar with, what they are confronted with, what they see the most often is where they feel most familiar. I want to hop in real quick and take a second to thank the sponsor of today's podcast, Dino Bars. Dino Bars are all organic fruit and vegetable bars that are wrapped in edible paper. Yes, you heard me right, edible paper made from potato starch. And what that means for you is that you can get all the benefits that come with a fruit and veggie forward bar without the mess. Insert praise hands here. But seriously, I was really skeptical about these bars. I thought they were going to be another kind of sticky, gooey mess that my littlest ones had trouble chewing. They're not like that at all. The kids love them, but I love them too. Not only because they taste delicious, but they have simple, balanced ingredients that make for a great option for nutrition on the go. Click the link in the description box below and use code Alyssa10, that's A-L-Y-S-S-A, the number 10, for 10% off. And don't you dare get a pack without my absolute favorite flavor, purple sweet potato raspberry. Okay, now back to the show. Okay, so with all of that being said, like I said, there are certain properties of foods that typically most picky eaters will become more uh, familiar with faster than other foods. Now, each picky eater is different. This is something I talk about in my course, specifically around what type of picky eating they have, what reasons they have for picky eating, and also different properties of food that they might feel more and more comfortable with, and how to leverage those properties to get them to eat new foods. So that's something I really go deep in inside Table Talk. But for today's purposes, In general, this is a big generality, picky eaters tend to like those breadcrumbs, the crunchier foods, the drier foods, separated foods, but we can use that to our advantage of saying, okay, now that I know the properties of the quote unquote kid food that I had already assumed they're going to like, and maybe they already do things like pizza, right? Like kid food, we think pizza immediately. How can I leverage that type of food or those properties of food? to help them try something new, to help them get more familiar with a quote unquote adult food that I want them to eat, right? So something like pizza could be as simple as starting with different toppings, right? Putting some green peppers on there, maybe switching it up to like a barbecue chicken pizza instead of just cheese, 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 right? Which we think of as kind of more kid food. How can we flip it up where it's no longer pepperoni, it's meatballs or something just a little bit different for our little ones kind of still in the same vein or venue of um, the pizza or the kid food, quote unquote, that we think or know that they like? How can we use that to bridge to new foods? With this, I would also encourage you to start implementing kind of more traditional quote unquote kid food that we might find like on a kid's menu at a restaurant or um, things that you see at the grocery store, maybe into our diet as the adults as well. Like the whole family is having a side of Kraft macaroni and cheese or the whole family is having, you know, chicken nuggets tonight or whatever that might be. So we want to kind of dispel this belief and this myth that kid food is just for kids and then one day they'll grow into adult food. We're all just eating food. 
And you get to decide what that food is in your home, even though sometimes it may not feel that way. We also want to just like take a few steps back and look at the nutritional quality of the food. Now, like I said, there's nothing wrong with convenience foods. There's nothing wrong with leaning on a box of macaroni and cheese or, you know, frozen fish sticks or whatever it might be here and there, especially in our parenting journey. We have so many things to worry about and to focus on. And everyone's going to have different values and and uh, resources and time and all of the sorts of things and circumstances in your home. So I am in no way telling you to change anything. If it's working for you right now, that is awesome. But if you feel stuck in this continual perpetual idea of kid food, and that's the only way to get a win out of your little one, we want to start looking at, okay, how can I bring in some more nutrition? How can I start mixing things to get them a little bit more adept to trying a different type of noodle or a different type of sauce or a different type of food so that we can start to bridge our meals and we can start reaching that goal of making one family meal that is nutritious and fills us up and is actually eaten and paid attention to and enjoyed by the family. And remembering that this belief of kid food and what will be accepted is actually the very thing that continues to make that food accepted. So how can we kind of dispel that myth and bring in the foods that we want to be serving to our family more often so it has a better chance of being accepted and actually eaten to build up their nutrition over time? And I certainly wouldn't want to misrepresent that this may take time. If your little one is already in to like the, the kid food um, type of food, it's going to take time to kind of work our way out and kind of what I picture like a spiral of saying, okay, here's where you're at now. And then we're just going to take one tiny step out every time we round this corner until all of a sudden we have a wider and wider circle that's encircling many different foods. That's going to take time. It may have taken no time at all to get them to like kid food, right? Like it felt like, oh my gosh, I gave them mac and cheese twice and now they're hooked on it. It's their favorite food or chicken nuggets or pizza or whatever that might be. And that is for a very uh, distinct reason. We kind of already talked about it. The texture, the flavor, everything is the same every time they take a bite of that food. Picky eaters like that. That feels really comforting to them. That's really um, familiar to them. And it continues to be the exact same. Plus, it's really easy um, because the taste is there. Like a lot of these kind of more packaged foods are going to be better in flavor for your little one's palate. Even though as an adult, when you have a larger variety of foods that you're willing to eat, some of these foods might taste bland to you and boring to you. And like, how do you even like this, right? Like it tastes like cardboard, but to our kids, it's very consistent. It's very predictable that they really like, and it's not actually challenging them in the palate kind of area, right? Like there, there's not crazy flavors. There's not unique differences to each bite. It's all about the same. So it's not as much of a challenge, which means it's less work for them. And as human beings, our biology, our physiology really likes that. Our bodies actually uh, design and, and are created to want the biggest reward with the less least amount of work. So that makes sense that if our kids don't have to be challenged and they can still eat something and they don't have to be challenged by it and, and try something new or learn a new skill or learn about new flavors and how to meld those together and kind of understand them in a way, then that's great for them. They're, that's their body figuring out like, oh, I got what I needed. I got some of this nutrition and I didn't even have to really work for it, right? We know that about food. We also know that going down that path for too long, too often, too commonly is not always ideal for our overall health and well-being. 
All right. I hope this episode was helpful for you. I hope it gave you some ideas on what to do, but also some mindset shifts around maybe some beliefs that were passed on to us and that we didn't really even have the time um, or energy wherewithal to really consider or to challenge or to push back. I hope this episode just gave you a kind of a wider perspective of having uh, feeding kids being part of our daily life and how we can go about that. I hope that I see you here next week. Thanks so much for tuning in and we will talk soon. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at Alyssa at NutritionForLittles.com. All right. Until next time, mamas.